This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time for You Better You Bet. We'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more. What do we call that? Wagertainment. It's You Better You Bet from BetQL. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath, live from Washington, D.C., BetQL Studios. We're filling in for Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. We'll be with you for the next four hours right here on You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM up until 7 o'clock Eastern time. We got a lot to get to. We got breaking news. I'm sure people have heard by now that Pete Carroll is no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. We will get into all that, but you can watch the show on twitch.tv slash betql. You can also find us on YouTube slash Odyssey Sports. We will also be on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. Kate Constable will join us over the next couple hours. Mark Drumheller will talk to Isaac Trotter as well, talk some college hoops with him. But uh, Ryan, another day, and uh, we got a lot of football news to get to today. Yeah, tons to get to, obviously. Uh, we start this morning, Chicago going to keep Matt Eberflus, but Luke Getze uh, has been fired as offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, Wink Martindale obviously out Mm -hmm. as defensive coordinator for the Giants. But I'm shocked with the Pete Carroll news. More shocked by this or Vrabel yesterday? Pete Carroll, actually. Mike Vrabel. So so with Vrabel, I kind of figured Vrabel was out. I did not know that Mike Vrabel was going to be fired. I I just kind of thought with Bill Belichick, possibly uh, with the Patriots moving on from Bill here in the next couple days or whenever that's going to go down, if it even does go down. I thought that that would be Vrabel's dream spot. And, you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall there that maybe he was going to look to go elsewhere. But here with Pete Carroll, now, when I first got in, I thought it looked like Pete Carroll was fired. He's going to remain with the team. He's going to be an advisor. And we also have to remember with Pete Carroll, he's 73 years old. But I thought last year when they didn't go with a project quarterback, they didn't move up for a quarterback. Remember, there were some rumors that maybe they would take uh, Will Levis. I thought when they went with Devin Witherspoon that they were going to look to rebuild that defense look to win with Geno, and I know Geno regressed really towards the end of last season and then all of this season, but I thought Pete was going to be around for a couple more years, but it makes sense. He's 73 years old. He's going to stick around with the team. I think this probably opens up a spot for maybe Dan Quinn, which Mm -hmm. has me a little excited because my team, the Green Bay Packers, seven and a half point dogs against the Cowboys. Maybe that'll be a distraction, but yeah, I did not see Pete Carroll leaving uh, his head coach, leaving the sidelines this year. Did you? I actually kind of did. When we were doing our really? Sunday show from uh, National Harbor, yeah, inside the betting lines, me and J.P. Flame, I-, I thought there was maybe a chance, just because Pete Carroll's obviously getting up there in age. He's had a great run with Seattle, but it just kind of felt like one of those situations where maybe they were ready to move on a little bit. Um, I-, I So I'm not surprised by it. It seems like you know he's not going to be head coach anymore, but he is going to stick with the organization, which I think is a good move yeah. with Seattle. Like you said, Dan Quinn has kind of been the guy who is getting tied 
to this job right now. And you do bring up an interesting point, Ryan. I mean, we we saw this in college football. You see it in the NFL, too, sometimes. Like, coaches that are tied to some of these other openings and still have football to play, still have, you know, games to prepare for and coach, maybe there is a little bit of a distraction there. So I already was kind of leaning the way of the the Packers. Really? Now with this Dan Quinn news, it certainly makes it more interesting. But uh, Seattle, so obviously we have seven head coach openings right now, right? We have the Panthers, we have the Chargers, we have the Falcons, Commanders, Titans, Raiders, and now the Seahawks. So we were talking about some of the coaching openings yesterday. I mean, of your pecking order, I, I still think you probably would take the Chargers as the top job. But, like, where does the Seahawks fall in, in those uh, list of teams? All right, so I do think I think it's a good job, obviously, in Seattle. But the problem is you have to go against Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers twice a year. You have to go against Sean McVay and the Rams twice a year if they're able to kind of, I know they're in the playoffs and we both like them, um, but if they're able to uh, fix up that defense, you know, they might be around for a couple of years. So I don't think, Seattle wouldn't even be my number one job right now in the uh, NFC. For me, it would be Atlanta, especially if they're able to make a deal for Justin Fields. I would probably look to maybe move up for like a Jaden Daniels um, or go with a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract rather than have to pay Justin Fields when you haven't been able to properly evaluate him because he's been playing behind a terrible offensive line in Chicago for the last couple of years. Yeah. But I mean, I would really like that Atlanta job. They spent, what, the fourth most money on the defensive side of the ball last year. I know some of those guys are aging, but you have Bijan, you have Drake London. You really only need a quarterback. You got to fix up the offensive line a little bit, I know, in Atlanta. But I think that would be a better job in the NFC. But yeah, for me, it's still the Chargers. Problem with the Chargers, though, you're kind of in cap hell. Um, again, on the defensive side of the ball, you got some aging guys. Joey Bosa, rarely ever healthy. Khalil Max, another year older. The J.C. Jackson thing didn't work out, so they moved on from him. Derwin James is still there, but you have Justin Herbert. You know, but I don't really love the wide receivers there. Mike Williams, never healthy. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen had a great season, but rarely healthy. You never get both of those guys healthy for an entire season, and probably you have to move on from one of them financially. I don't think you're going to be able to pay both of them 30 mil next year. And Quentin Johnston looked like a complete bust. Maybe he makes that year two leap, but he didn't look very good. Um, reminded myself when I saw that I had a rookie of the year ticket still uh, in my uh, st- still in the uh, still in the open slips. I didn't yeah. I didn't like to see that. I forgot about that. That wasn't a good pick by myself. Yeah. But yeah, I think the Chargers probably the best job. Except for man, I don't know. Still a tough division, and you have to go against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs twice a year. That's the thing. I, you know, I actually think the Seahawks job is is really a good one. I mean, you were talking about all the weapons in Atlanta. Like, think about what they have in Seattle. Kenneth DK, Walker's yeah. a good young back. DK Metcalf, right? You got Fant there at tight end. Tyler Lockett doesn't age. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, really solid rookie year. Then on defense, like you have two nice young. That defense has talent. It mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like they're well coached um, as, you know, maybe they should be. So I'm interested to see what direction Seattle goes with. You know, I feel like most head coach hirings right now kind of go with the offensive side of the ball and develop yeah. the offense. But you know, that defense has so much talent. And if you can bring in like a Vrabel kind of guy or a D'Amico Ryans kind of guy, I think that would be interesting. To your point, though, um, you know, when you're talking about the AFC West, like the NFC West, I mean, you're going to have to go against the Rams and the Niners and Arizona's up and coming, right? What they're going to be building the next couple of years. So that division is going to be really tough. You obviously have one of the best fan bases, one of the best home advantages in the NFL Seattle intrigues me, though, what direction they go in. And are they going to be a team 
that maybe moves up to try and get their quarterback. I know they just paid Geno Smith last offseason, right. but like if Seattle's truly honest with themselves, they're never going to win a Super Bowl under Geno Smith, right? right? Like he's a bridge gap guy. He's a nice player. He's not a guy that you say, okay, that's the face of our franchise. We have found our quarterback. So, you know, Seattle, they got to find a new head coach. I wonder if they really take this offseason to say to themselves, we paid Geno, but we got a lot of weapons on offense. And if we have any chance of winning this division over the next couple of years with the offenses that the Rams and the Niners and what the, the Cardinals are going to be doing the next couple of years, wonder if they're a team that maybe we're not talking about right now is somebody that's going to trade up in the draft if they're, they're a team to watch. And, and that's the thing with Seattle, right? Like the defensive side of the ball, I really like Devin Witherspoon. I loved him yeah, in Illinois. Too. He's good against the run. He's a solid corner. Um I don't think Gino's the guy. I think Gino was a great story. I like Gino, but like you said, he's a bridge quarterback. The problem is where they're at right now. Not really football hell, but they have the 16th pick right now. So like you said, they'd probably have to move up to get their guy. Yeah. Um, I would love to see Jaden Daniels there. Mm. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with Keith Penix in the state, right? Michael Penix, maybe. That could be interesting. Yeah, I see. I don't know. The only problem with Penix is just the age and the two knee surgeries for me. I mean, if you have a good offensive line, though, and you're able to keep him clean, because yeah. that's the only thing. Um, I'm not comparing him to Geno, but Geno's great when Geno's throwing from a clean pocket or everything's off play action. Where he struggles is when he's under pressure, which you could say about most quarterbacks. But that's the same, same thing with Michael Penix. Um, I'm not there with J.J. McCarthy. I don't even know if he's coming out. Quinn Ewer's probably yeah. not coming out. So I think you need one of those top guys. Uh, but it'll be interesting with Seattle. One thing I have to say, though, so Pete Carroll, one of the swaggiest coaches of all time, I hated them, but I also kind of loved those USC teams when like Snoop Dogg and all the celebrities were on the sidelines and they had Reggie Bush and Lendell White and Clay Matthews and Matt Leinart. But I'm a Notre Dame fan and I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. So I've never, probably never been more happy to see a head coach go other than Pete Carroll. God bless him. Great career. 73 years old. He's going to remain with the team. But he was behind. He was the head coach. Like some of my more painful memories as a uh, sports fan, right? So the Notre Dame Bush push. Thought they were going to be able to beat that USC team. Mm. After the game, I have to see Pete Carroll and his smug face, that smile. <laughs> uh, an illegal play at the time. And then the NFC Championship game. I'm still not over that. Every time that that game comes on NFL Network, I want to throw up. I have to turn it off immediately. I oh, didn't go. Everybody's got I, those I couldn't games. work for a week. I couldn't get out of bed. I swear to God, for three days after that game, Green Bay has a two-score lead. Uh, the Morgan Burnett interception. Julius Peppers waves them down. Onside kick. Russell Wilson in overtime. Touchdown pass. And then there's Pete Carroll once again. And then I had some money on Seattle uh, the next week or two weeks later in that Super Bowl. And all Pete Carroll has to do, give the ball to Marshawn, and he doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I did not have the Patriots in that game. So, yeah, man, I'm kind of glad to see him go. But a hell of a career, Pete. Should we throw out the rumor of Kellen DeBoer maybe uh, upgrading from the college in Washington to being the head coach? Because I just talked about Penix, and then my mind was, you know, thinking, and I'm like, you know, we're talking about all these offensive minds. We might have one of the very best right there in your own backyard, Kellen DeBoer. Yeah, I would like to see that. Uh, you know, I, I think, though, man, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Harbaugh. Because I think if DeBoer was going to leave Washington, that Michigan would be his dream job. Yeah. 
And he's been tied to that before. I wonder also with some of these organizations, some of these teams, the way that the Met rules uh, stuff went down, Chip Kelly, the way that that went down. I wonder how many of these teams are rushing to take the college guy. Well, Lincoln Riley, right? Like yeah. two years ago was rumored as, oh, he's going to Dallas. He's going to Dallas. That yeah. never happened. Went to USC. And now it seems like nobody wants Lincoln because these teams don't play any defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that'd be the only thing. It's going to be interesting, though. I mean, Bill Belichick's still in New England, but how much longer is he going to be there? Mm-hmm. Uh, when's that news going to drop? That seems like it's going to drop like this Sunday. Yeah. Right? Like right before the games or in the middle of the games. That's probably going to drop that he's out in New England. Just and then, so they get the headlines. I would expect Vrabel to go there. I still, man, I was thinking about this on the way here. I mean, the Pete Carroll news, like you said, he's 73 years old. But with Vrabel, it doesn't make any sense unless there was like something behind the scenes. It had to where be. Where he was like, with hey, management. you guys could look like the alpha males here. You could fire me. I'm cool with that because... Has any head coach ever done more with less than Mike Vrabel? Seriously, Maybe Tomlin. Though. Maybe Tomlin. Yeah, Tomlin would, would for that, sure. That'd be the only, like, that was the first name that popped into my head. But outside of him, Ryan, he, with Ryan Tannehill, he got them to the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. And that whole team was banged up. Do you remember Derrick Henry yeah. was out like seven weeks that year, too? Yeah. Guy's an unbelievable coach. Derrick Henry wasn't even really Derrick Henry until Vrabel kind of took over that job. Because I remember when uh, Matt LaFleur was calling plays in Tennessee, for whatever reason, he would not use Derrick Henry. And like you said, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. um, And he got Arthur Smith the Falcons job because of how good his offenses were. You have A.J. Brown, in my opinion, top three wide receiver when healthy in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. And you trade him away for pretty much nothing. They were never the same after that. And I think that's part of I just think him in the front office just butted heads. Yeah. I do. And I think that's a different situation in Seattle. Because the first thing that popped in my head was, oh, man, even... Like, maybe the game's passed Pete by. Maybe he's lost the locker room because he's old. Yeah. But then you you remember it's Pete Carroll. Like I said, he's a swaggy dude. But um, I thought maybe him and the management, him and the organization, the GM, were butting heads. But no, nah, if he's going to stick with the team, if he's going to be an advisor, I would assume probably still a good relationship right there. I think he's just getting old. He's tired. He's like, hey, I still want to work in football, but I can't be here every single day, man. Speaking of the Titans, uh, according to Ian Rappaport at Rap Sheet on Twitter, Tennessee has requested to interview Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce for their vacant head coaching job. Just tell me there's no way that Al Davis makes the mistake of letting him leave Las Vegas. Like, he can't. The money that they have tied down to Gruden McDaniels is one thing. Plus, you already went through this with Bisaccia, where he led your team to the playoffs, he had an inspiring run, and you didn't want to give him the head coaching job. Now you have Raiders players coming out and telling you they want this guy to be their head coach. Defense played really well under Pierce, and they also have to find their quarterback, but... Ryan, I just if if Al Davis lets uh if if he lets Antonio Pierce walk, man, I mean that's just it's a big no no. I agree, and I like a couple weeks ago I was like they can't really hire him um because I don't know how good he is, but the team bought in. I mean offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, that defense played so much better. Mm-hmm. Um and what's what that Mark Davis, sorry, that's bad. yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but that. what what that situation, what that seems like is um. They have to do their due diligence, right? Mm-hmm. They have to interview these candidates. And it's kind of weird because it's like with Antonio Pierce, it's like, hey, you got to leave the building for like two, three days. He's probably just chilling on the strip right now. And I know he's going to take other jobs, but I would be shocked if they didn't go that route. You know, it's kind of like the Carolina situation. They had their guy. They and did, maybe it's man. not the best guy, but if the locker room, I mean, if you completely change the culture in that, like during that season, yes. I mean, you kind of have to go with that guy. And Agreed. you saw it even with the vets, Devontae Adams, um, originally obviously wanted to be there. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. And then there were rumors like he wanted to be moved. And then Antonio Pierce takes over and he's like, no, I like it here. You know, I want to stick around here. Yep. 
they still need a quarterback. Obviously, they still have to fix up that roster, but I think he should be the guy. At least give him a chance. No, I, I agree. So Mark Davis can't make that mistake. He's, he's got to go with Pierce. I think the Carolina comparison is a really good one. Like people forget how bad Carolina was also last year too. At the start we don't of forget the because we bet them every single week. Uh, oh, you, last, last season, season. Yeah, they yeah. were terrible. And yeah. then you know Wilkes takes over. Ryan in week seventeen, they had a chance of winning that division. They had that game against the Bucks where they were winning, yeah. and then Tampa came back. But Carolina was right there. They were playing great football. It just. Yeah, I don't think the Raiders can make that mistake. So I know the Titans are requesting an interview. Maybe, you know, Pierce will, will take it and listen to what they have to say. Maybe he'll play a little hardball with the Raiders as well. Yeah. But I just I don't think Mark Davis will make that same mistake. I think he's going to be the head coach. So uh, we will continue talking about this, talking about some NFL news. We'll also talk about the Bears, what they did today, getting rid of their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. The Giants also decide to mutually part ways with Wink Martindale. What that means We'll talk about the Commanders opening and uh, the Panthers as well. Is, is there going to be anybody out there that wants to take that job? We're just getting started. You better, you bet. Presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat filling in for Nick and Ken. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat filling in for Nick and Ken. They will be back tomorrow and Friday to give all their thoughts on everything going on. Ryan and I will be with you until 7 o'clock Eastern time. We'll be on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205 if you want to listen to us there. We'll be on Stadium in a little bit, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time as well. But uh, throughout the show, we'll be on Twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube.com slash Odyssey Sports as well. We were talking about the Pete Carroll news. If you haven't heard already, he is out as Seahawks head coach. The reports are he will stay with the team, though, in some capacity, but uh, nonetheless, a, a stunner. So between Vrabel yesterday, Ryan, and now uh, Pete Carroll today, and who knows if if we're done. Maybe we'll get Belichick it at some point this week. Maybe teams will have a change of heart. We heard the Bears double down today that they're going to stick with uh with Matt Eberflus. What what did you think of that decision? Especially now with the way that the head coaching market is shaping out. I mean, you have Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel out there as potential candidates. And I understand the Bears did play a lot better in the second half of the season, but it feels like they're settling. Like you have you're in one of the biggest markets in the country. You're in such a good spot right now in an organization with having the number one pick, the future being so bright, all the money that you have, your division isn't one of the tougher ones. I mean, I understand that you have a couple teams that made the playoffs, right? But I don't think the NFC North is is one of the two, maybe the third toughest division we'll see next year. But they, they were in a great spot. And to just double down with uh, with Matt Eberflus, they did get rid of their OC, Luke Getze, and they also got rid of their quarterback coach as well. But man, like... 
as a Packers fan, aren't you like happy that they're sticking with Eberflus? Yeah. And I think that says a lot. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that they let go uh, Luke Getze because Mm. I don't think he's any good. I actually don't really think that the Matt LaFleur coaching tree is very good. It's Nathaniel Hackett, who, let's be honest, why he has a job because of Aaron Rodgers with New York. That is correct. And then it's Luke Getze. And, you know, I'll say the Bears offense, it was a little bit better this year. I believe they finished 17th in offensive points per game, 20 per game. And that was their highest mark since they finished 11th in 2018. But that's not good enough, especially when you look around the division, right? Minnesota um, had a bunch of injuries this season, and they fixed up that defense. That pass defense was horrific last year, and then they make the hire of Brian Flores, and they're a top-10 defense all of a sudden. Green Bay's found their guy. Jordan Love is their guy, Mm. and uh, they're a playoff team. You know, it's supposed to be a rebuild year. They have the youngest team in the National Football League, the youngest wide receiver room, and they're in the playoffs. And the good thing about Chicago, for Chicago, I will say, though, is they have a ton of cap space. I like what they've done on the defensive side of the ball. The sweat move um, was a great pickup, obviously. Yep. So I almost, like, with Luke Getze, he's the defensive-minded head coach. But he's also 10-24 and in two seasons. Like, if you're going to move on from Justin Fields, you're moving on from Justin Fields because he's got decent numbers, but he can't win you games in the fourth quarter. And with Getze, I'm sorry, with um, Eberflus, I mean, if you're 10-24 and and you have Harbaugh available this year, you're going to have Ben Johnson available. I'm not the biggest Dan Quinn guy unless he comes with Kyle Shanahan attached right. calling the plays. But still, yeah, I'm a little surprised. I'm happy as a Packer fan. I think it's a dumb move by the Bears, especially just, like I said, man, you have two top 10 picks. You have a ton of cap space. I would bring in an offensive-minded head coach. I would go after a Ben Johnson or you know one of these other guys, one of these young guys, even if you have to hire a guy a year too early just because then he gets to choose his quarterback. Because uh, yep. th- you have to make that decision, I know, in the next couple weeks. But you could get Caleb Williams. You could get Drake May. You could completely change that offense. Now you have Eberflus. Like, who are you going to bring in as an OC? Because that's the thing. The number one thing the Bears have to do is they have to get a guy who's going to get the most after out of whoever their quarterback is. Whether that's Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever it is. Yeah. That's what they have to do. And maybe they're saying to themselves that, you know what? Eberflus is going to be like Dan Campbell, where the Lions weren't great at the start of last season. Then they got really hot at the end of the year. The Bears were kind of that same way. We all thought the Bears maybe would get the top two picks in the draft. They were so bad to start the year. Then they made the trade for Sweat. They play a lot better. But it just it doesn't feel like that at all. Like, it doesn't feel like Eberflus is a Dan Campbell. And... Also, Dan Campbell had Ben Johnson, so he had a guy working with the offense. Like, right. The Bears don't have a guy like that, so I think this is just this is a big time blunder by Chicago. And, and like even really quickly going back to Seattle, like I wouldn't even want Dan Quinn to be the guy, like you said, unless you're bringing in a genius OC. Because exactly. when Dan Quinn was at his best in Atlanta was when Kyle Shanahan was calling right. the plays. Then what happens after that? And yeah, I just. I don't know who that guy's going to be unless okay, because uh, Kellen Moore is going to interview to become the head coach. And I don't think he's going to get that job with the Chargers. Do you? So maybe he I has don't. to go back to call and plays. Obviously, what's what he's doing right now. He's not going to get a head coaching gig like we thought a couple of years ago. So maybe he goes to Chicago and calls plays. I just I don't know. And then what do you think about Justin Fields? Like, would you stick with Justin Fields? I just I don't think that you can. If you passed a couple of years ago on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, from Mitchell Trubisky, I just think you have to go out there with this number one overall pick and you have to take Caleb Agreed. Williams. Unless Drake May is your guy, you have to take one of those two guys, I feel. Because Fields last year, I mean, the numbers are all right. We know he's exciting as hell. I think he'd be, he'd be a better fit somewhere like Atlanta. I mean, he was 21st, 6.9 yards per attempt, 29th in passing success rate. Mm-hmm. Those numbers just aren't good enough, especially when you're going to go against uh, Jordan Love twice a year because he looks to be the real deal in Green Bay right now. And they have weapons. They have DJ Moore and they have Cole Komet. 
Right. And they also have the number nine pick, yeah. right? So you can get Caleb Williams, then you can come back and get like a Malik Neighbors out of LSU. Exactly. Or you can get, you know, one of these, you can get a Dunze from Washington or one of these studs. So I know that people are, are thinking that, all right, you can trade Fields or you can keep Fields and then you can get like a Marvin Harrison or you can trade down the pick. Well, you can also get your quarterback and then you can get that number two wide receiver along with DJ Moore. So there's really not a wrong decision for Chicago, like which way they want to go. There's probably a decision that some people think is a little bit better than the other one, mm-hmm. but they just they, they can't screw it up. If they think Fields is the guy, they better be right. And history says, right. but history says with the Bears, they're going to screw that's, it up, especially at the quarterback exactly. position. And I that's mean, why I think they get rid of Fields because you kind of know what Fields is going to be at this point. Like, maybe you can bring in another offensive coach to truly maximize him. I think Justin Fields can be a really good player. Same. I don't think his ceiling is as high as what Drake May or Caleb Williams is. Like, I think those dudes could be special. Right. Right? So, I think that's what you got to reach for. Because you're not doing that right now with the head coaching position. You're sticking with the mediocre. You're not trying to do the home run hire. You're not aiming big, right? Yeah. You can do that at the quarterback position. You can swing big and hope that you get a generational top five top uh, quarterback. And I I don't think they're going to do it, Ryan. I think they're going to stick with Fields, man. Sticking with Eberflus at quarterback, at head coach, is telling me that they're going to stick with the quarterback in Justin Fields. That's what that move tells me. And they're bringing in another offensive coordinator because they like Fields and they're trying to restart and bring in another guy. Like, Getsy calling plays, especially earlier in the year, was so bad. Oh, Do you yeah. remember how little the Bears were running Justin Fields? Yeah. I mean, it was, like, that's... That's why heading into this season, people were high on Chicago as maybe a dark horse team in the NFC North. Fields was a dark horse MVP candidate because people looked at his ability to run. Yeah. And they just didn't do that early on in the I year. I never liked the Luke Getze hire, just like I didn't like the Nathaniel Hackett uh, hire, you know, um, well, as a head coach or as a play caller, just because the last time he called plays was in Jacksonville. And that's not the reason that the Jags went to the AFC Championship, you know, that year. It was because of that defense, Jalen Ramsey and those guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't like the Luke Getze hire. We're going to find out, I guess, a little bit more today. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are going to talk at Hallis Hall. Uh, team president Kevin Warren, uh, Warren is going to have his own presser afterward. So that's about a half that's hour. That's another thing. Kevin Warren used to be the Big Ten commissioner, yeah. right? Yeah. So there was all those ties of, oh, with Harbaugh maybe on the market. Like, he, right, used to play for the Bears. There were all these things. So for you to just, it's like all these teams that said no to Lamar, right? Right. You're just like, oh, Lamar's available now. We're good. It's like all these coaches are yeah. available and the Bears, instead of just like thinking, of, nah, we're, we're going to stick with Eber. The Bears really should be like in one of the best positions in all of football right now. Agreed. Though. Two top 10 They're picks. They're in a great spot. I mean, I don't know. Call me crazy. I think this is one of the best wide receiver classes ever. I love Marvin Harrison, but I'm not taking Marvin Harrison number one. I'm not trading back and taking Marvin Harrison number three. I'm getting Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then I'm getting Malik Neighbors, like you said. Adunze, and, like, Xavier Worthy. A lot like, of these you got guys. so many guys, man. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Brian no, I like, Thomas I like, from LSU. I like Polk. I like, yeah, I like all the guys Polk. from Washington, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> they're um, all good. And the defense seems to be much better, right? I mean, they're really good against the run. I like the secondary. And uh, yeah, I just, the Matt Eberflus decision. I am shocked, man. I really. I kind of thought Harbaugh would be the guy I did in too. Chicago. It I just did made too. it made so it, much it sense. It did make so much sense. Yeah. I it, know. So we'll and, see. And like you said, nobody like the NFC North, right? I mean, I know that Detroit right now, um, they look damn good. 
but do you fully trust them like to be relevant for the next three to four years? This is the first time they've won the division since 1992. Is uh, is uh, they're they're going to commit to golf? Yes, and when Ben Johnson leaves, I think it's going to expose some things. Yeah, I still think they'll be good on offense. They have too much talent not to be. Pass defense stinks. They have a solid pass rush. Oh, they got. Can you believe Aaron and, uh, Glenn is getting head coaching? Why? Their def- the Lions' defense is not good. Right. So. We'll see what happens. Uh, also, we had some news today from the Giants that they decide to mutually part ways with Wink Martindale, which I think is a great decision. As a Ravens fan, Wink Martindale was a defensive coordinator for the Ravens for a lot of years. Bunch of Ravens fans like Wink. I don't really understand why. The statistics look good. Yeah. The defense played well. But the knock on him is that he always blitzes way more than he should, especially against elite teams. The reason that Lamar and the Ravens could never beat the Chiefs early on in his career, the reason that they struggled against good teams was because he would blitz all these great quarterbacks. He'd blitz Mahomes. He'd blitz Allen. He'd blitz all these. It's like, Wink, why would you do that? You don't need to. I understand your secondary is really good and the pass rush isn't great, but like, don't blitz every key situation I just I love Mike McDonald so much, and I'm just terrified that he's gonna take a head coaching job somewhere, and the Ravens are gonna come back and take Wink. So if that doesn't happen, and Wink doesn't end up in Baltimore, I'm sure he'll get a job elsewhere. Yeah. Um. But that was my first thought when I saw this news: is oh boy, Mike McDonald, if he ends up being a head coach somewhere, Harbaugh's gonna go back, and he's gonna get Wink to call the defense, and I just. I don't want that to happen anymore. I, I was actually kind of surprised that Wink's only 60 years old, to be honest with you. But like you said, I like McDonald because he adjusts and he game plans for opponent, whereas with Wink, you know what he's going to do. Like, there's certain quarterbacks you just can't blitz. You said it. Mahomes, you can't blitz. Joe Burrow. Sure, you want right. to create pressure. You want to uh, blitz the hell out of guys like Jared Goff, but the defense just wasn't good for the Giants. 27th overall. I know they tied for first in the NFL with uh, turnovers created because they blitz so much, but I think it was the right decision especially because I do like Brian Dayball. I like Mike Kafka as a play caller. And uh, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know how far off the Giants are. I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. Saquon, do you think Saquon's back? You think they try to franchise tag him? What do you think they're going to end up doing there? I think he should be back, but I don't know if you're going to pay a running back. No. So, But I do like the coaching staff. I mean, I like the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we'll see. You know, Yeah, the Giants are another interesting team. I mean, you talk about Saquon. What are they going to do with Daniel Jones? What do you do with him? I don't I yeah. I mean, the contract isn't as bad as it looks. I think after this year, like the guaranteed money isn't as bad. I was say, it was probably four back years, one sixty. But yeah. oh, maybe I, you draft like your project quarterback. You get one of those guys. Yeah, you know, because I like on. Dable a lot. I yeah, mean, me Dable's too. a good coach, right? The way that they fought towards the end of the year. I mean, he won. He won three straight games with Tommy DeVito as his quarterback. Like he was Beat the hell out of the Eagles. He was right. He was yeah. doing something right. Um. But yeah, the Giants would be another team. Who's like the team that you're the most confident, not in the top three in the NFL draft? So the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots have the top three picks. Outside of those teams, who are you like the most confident in a team trading up to get their guy? Would it be the Raiders? Would it be the Titans? Would it be the Falcons? Um, You know, would it be like an off-the-radar team like the Giants potentially? Would it be like a Tampa? Would it be a New Orleans maybe, even though they just paid Derek Carr? Like, who would be the team that you're the most confident? We're going to have all these mock drafts that come out and people are projecting. Like, who's the team that you think of? See, I'd love to see it be either the Giants or Atlanta because I would love to see what Brian Dayball would do. Look what he did with Daniel Jones that first year. I mean, they were a playoff team. They beat Minnesota in the playoffs. I would like to see them get a Jaden Daniels. 
you know, um, and then Atlanta. Because I just, I really think Atlanta. Falcons. I just think they're a quarterback away. Yeah. I shouldn't love them. They cost me a lot of money just not <laughs> being able to make the playoffs or win eight games. But I mean, imagine with all that speed, just because I like Kyle Pitts. I like Drake London. Obviously, I like Bijan. They just, they need a quarterback. The defense is even much better. So I would like to see Atlanta move up. Yeah. Get a quarterback with some speed. Just, you know, I mean, Justin Fields seems too perfect for Atlanta. The only problem, again, is that you have to pay him. And we still don't know if he could win games. His numbers aren't great in the fourth quarter. But also, it's hard to put that all on him. That's a really bad offensive line. You know, the weapons weren't great other than this year when Cole Komet finally became a dude and DJ Moore uh, had, a, obviously, a monster season. That was a good pickup. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would like to see Atlanta with a real quarterback and a real play caller because Arthur Smith clearly wasn't that guy. No, that's fair. I mean, I, yeah, Atlanta is a team. I'm telling you, man, Seattle. Seattle intrigues me a lot now that they're moving on from Pete Carroll. Like, that, we- those weapons they have on offense with DK and Smith and Jigba and Kenneth Walker, like, there's something Zach there. Zach Charbonnet? Charbonnet. If, if they can get a quarterback, Seattle is uh, they're, they're going to be dangerous. So, interested to see who they get as their next head coach. Interested to see where, where Vrabel ends up, where, where Harbaugh ends up. So, your gut, you think Harbaugh's going to be with the Chargers, and you think Vrabel is going back to New England? That's what you think? I do. I do. Where do you think Ben Johnson ends up? Because that's all I really care about right now. I want to know who ends up getting him. I want to know what he's really demanding. I want to know how much money he wants, and I want to know if he's going to be any good. He's a hell of a play caller. I would think Atlanta or Washington. I would think you really think Washington has a shot. See, I love that what uh, Josh pick. Harris. I love what they're doing, man, yes. because he's like, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to bring in the smart people rather than doing the Dan Quinn, th- uh, Dan Quinn, uh, rather than doing what every bad owner does. Yeah, and he's just like, hey, I'm going to make the decision myself. Right, He's we'll, not a football guy. He's not. We'll talk a little bit about Washington when we come back. We'll also get into Wild Card Weekend. BetMGM has some playoff specials. We'll discuss those next. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat here with you. We're filling in for Nick and Ken on this Wednesday. They will be back tomorrow and Friday. Ryan and I with you until 7 o'clock Eastern time. You can watch us on twitch.tv slash betql, youtube.com slash Odyssey Sports. We'll also be on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM. 205. We will begin on stadium in about 18 minutes or so at the top of the hour. So you can join us there as well. We're talking about the big news of the day. Pete Carroll and Wink Martindale. Uh, Luke Getze, the OC for the Bears, fired a- as well. Real quick, Ryan, before we were going to break, uh, just a thought there on the commanders and Ben Johnson. You know, it's kind of crazy to wrap your head around the commanders being like a destination for coaches and and maybe players as well. But with the new ownership and that number two pick, right? And if you're a guy like Ben Johnson, who's such a great offensive mind, and you know that you're going to get a really good quarterback, and obviously the commanders have a bunch of money to spend as well. You don't have to work for Daniel Snyder. Like Josh Harris has proven that he's a good owner. Magic Johnson's in that group as well. Just hired Bob Myers, who knows what it takes to win a championship. I think what Washington is doing in the front office and having that number two pick, I normally wouldn't tie them to being like an attractive job, 
But now I, I kind of think they might be, and I think Ben Johnson might be an option there. They need a new stadium. Big time. For sure. Places a dump. <laughs> right? I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, you get, like you said, and you might be in a good spot with the number two pick because I like Caleb Williams a lot, but I love Drake May, but I feel like Caleb Williams is the safe pick. I feel like he's like the higher ceiling guy, right? Mm-hmm. With, like with Drake May, you kind of know what you're going to get, um, which isn't a bad thing. So that might be a good spot where Caleb goes number one to Chicago. I mean, I'm sure Washington would obviously love Caleb because he's from here. He's from the D.C. area. You bring him home, yep, and that's huge. But, uh, yeah, I think that'd be a really good spot. And then you look at the rest of the division. Dallas most likely loses Dan Quinn at the end of the year. He gets a head coaching gig, and then it's Mike McCarthy. Unless they lose the Green Bay, then he's probably getting canned himself. Um, Philadelphia, we thought they were going to be around for the next five to six years. Maybe maybe they are, but I don't know. Like, Is Nick Sirianni even the guy? Um, I don't man, think losing so. those coordinators... That was not good for right. Philadelphia. And if they get bounced on Monday night against Tampa Bay, maybe he gone. loses his job. I think he is. So Philadelphia maybe not as tough as we thought. Yeah, yeah. that's and then you got the Giants, and they don't have a quarterback either. Right. And so I think that that's a really good job. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you kind of have to rebuild that defense after you traded away Sweat and oh, after you yeah. traded away uh, Chase Young. But I think that was the right decision. I agree. You know, to San Francisco. And so, um, yeah, I think that would be a solid job. If I'm Ben Johnson, maybe I do want that job. Right? No, you're, you're so right, though, about the stadium. They, they got to move from uh, from FedEx. But the good thing is, terrible. yeah, and I, and I think that they will, and they have the right people in charge now, They do, right? like, exactly. And it's a big group. There's hope. We'll see in this what Bob area, Myers people finally do. have hope. So yeah. we'll see what happens. All right, now to get into some of these BetMGM playoff specials. Love when they do this for the NFL playoffs. Some really fun markets. First one we'll look at is... Who is going to be the highest scoring team in the postseason? The Bills and the 49ers are both the co-favorites at plus 375. Dallas plus 400. Ravens are plus 700. Chiefs, Lions plus 900. Eagles, Dolphins 12 to 1. Texans, Browns 20 to 1. And then if you want some long shots, you got the Bucks, Rams uh, 25 to 1. Packers 35 to 1. And the Steelers at 50 to 1. First off, you want to take a long shot. I think the Rams at 25 to 1, right? I think most right. people would agree if there's a team to beat San Francisco in the NFC, it would be the Rams. They obviously have a great offense. They can obviously put up points. And think about their path, Ryan. If they do make it to the Super Bowl, you're playing indoors this week at Ford Field. You win that game, you're likely going to San Francisco. Nice weather there. You win that game, you're likely going to Dallas in a dome. And then obviously the Super Bowl in Vegas is in a dome. So the Rams are going to be comfortable. They're not likely going to have to play in like a snow game or a cold weather game. And with Stafford and Puka and Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams, that jumped out to me at 25 to 1. If I had to make a bet, though, and I really like this one, how can you not like the Ravens at plus 700? Right. Right? I understand Buffalo and Josh Allen and the weapons and all that. Ryan, go look at what the Ravens' offense has been doing these last, uh, I don't know, six, seven weeks of the season. They've put up like 30 points in every game that they've played. Obviously, ignore the Steelers game because Tyler Huntley and a bunch of guys just rested. 56 against the Dolphins, 33 against the Niners, 23 against the Jags, 37 against the Rams. You had 20 against the Chargers, but then 34 against the Bengals, 31 against the Browns, 37 against Seattle, 31 against the Cardinals. I mean, I'm just rattling off all these games, 30, 30, 30, 30 points. They obviously are going to play one less game than a bunch of other teams, but they are favored to come out of the NFC. If they do get three games and they beat Buffalo, I I think... Look, and the Bills, I mean, they got a low total game this week against Pittsburgh, you know? Yeah. And then they're probably going to get KC the next week, who's got a good defense. 
I know that 13-second game was a high-scoring game, but most Bills-Chiefs games are in, like, the low to mid-20s. So, man, the Ravens at plus 700, I really like. Yeah, like, if you think the Bills are going to make a run, then the price makes sense, plus 375. But that's, like, that's just not the Bills' offense this season. Like, they're outside the top 20 in explosive uh, passing plays. Mm -hmm. We love Diggs, but Gabe Davis, who's not even healthy right now, never really became that number two. Uh, I like Dalton Kincaid. Hopefully they use him a bunch in the playoffs. I don't really love Dawson Knox, but you know they're going to use him a bunch in the playoffs. And like the offense, I know that since they uh, moved down from Ken Dorsey, they're averaging over 30 points per game the second half of the season. Yep. But it's because of the rushing attack. And even this week against Pittsburgh, like when we talked about that total, I can make the case for the over if it's like a complete blowout. Buffalo wins that game 42 to eight or whatever. But I don't know, man. Are you going to run a bunch of quarterback power with Josh Allen in a cold weather game when... Like, let's be honest, the Steelers are probably the weakest team in the playoffs in the AFC. I don't know. Or do you just kind of like lean on Cook in that run game? Right. Not get Josh Allen dinged before you even get to the second round, the divisional round. So I would stay away from Buffalo with that price. San Francisco at plus 375 with that rushing attack, that passing attack makes sense. The only thing that scares me a little bit is their pass blocking grade. Other than Trent Williams, that's not a great offensive line. Yeah. Let's say you have to see a team like Dallas. Even Philly still has a pretty solid defensive line they could get after the quarterback, so I'm staying away. Cowboys, man, if they get a bunch of home games at four to one makes sense. But I'm I'm with you with the Ravens. The only thing that scares me off from grabbing that is just one last game, like you said. Right. And do you trust Lamar to get it done in the playoffs? I do. I mean, he's won a playoff game. He beat Mahomes last year, like two years ago, whatever that was. Every knock that we've had on Lamar, like he's overcame, but we just gotta see it happen. So for me, the one that I'm looking at, Chiefs nine to one. Really? I know. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, man. I still, I kind of think the Chiefs are gonna make a run. They're playing in a freezer this weekend. It's gonna be like zero degrees. I know, and the passing attacks just not what it was the last couple of years with Mahomes. Travis Kelsey kind of looks washed. Their best wide receivers are rookie and Rice, but it's the it's the running game. I think they're gonna be able to run the ball against Miami with Pacheco. Mm-hmm. I think Mahomes is gonna use his legs a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like we're getting them nine to one. And I'm just I'm thinking about what teams could realistically make a run in the AFC. Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas City. And Kansas Maybe City at 9 Cleveland to 1 would be the other one. They're and they're 20, 20 to 1. 1. Yeah. Yeah. And they've been putting up points with Flacco, right? Yeah. So, but I I mean I don't know. I don't know that you're ever getting 9 to 1 with the Chiefs and Andy no, Reid ever again. That's true. Um what do you think you said the other one? Rams 25 to 1. Man. If you think that they can make a run. Oh. And I do think they give San Francisco the best game in the uh, NFC. Agreed. You know, if, if Dallas had that game at home, I would like Dallas against San Francisco. I just can't trust Dallas on the road, and I will never, ever, ever, ever trust Mike McCarthy in the playoffs, you know? And that's just a bad matchup against San Francisco. We talked about it yep. yesterday. They're not great in coverage in the middle of the field, and uh, they really can't stop the run. So I could see McCaffrey just doing what he did in that first, in the matchup of the regular season, just eating against them. So those would be my looks. Kansas City, 9-1. to Rams, 25-1. to And, uh, yeah. I mean, you bring up a good point about the Chiefs. That 9-1 to price definitely is is intriguing. I think if you like Buffalo, you better hope that they score 30-plus against the Steelers, right? Because they get one more game than the Ravens do. That's why they're priced uh, more so over Baltimore. And, you know, they're 10-point favorites. So, obviously, there's a chance that the Bills blow out the Steelers. But do they blow them out, like, you know, 21-3? to Or do they blow them out 38 to 17, 14 kind of thing. Yeah. So one last team I got to ask you about here. Cause we didn't even bring them up and it's probably the best offense in the league when Dallas? they're fully healthy. No, Miami oh, 12 Miami. to one for Miami. But do you think they're dead this week? Do you think that there's any chance that they could win that yeah, game at Arrowhead? Yeah. 
it's just but that run game that's the only reason i give them a chance right i'm i'm out on Tua for right now um i'm worried about the injuries with 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 both receivers that i like obviously tyreek and with jalen waddle but it's the running backs man i mean after contact over a thousand yards like explosive plays they have more than any other team in the league in that run game it's mike mcdaniels who was obviously the run game coordinator in san francisco for kyle shanahan well and it's the dolphins in a big game so both games against the bills this year they scored 20 points and then this past week they scored 14 yeah 19 against the ravens last week 22 against dallas and then they scored 14 against the Chiefs in Germany, 17 against the Eagles. So all the big games, all the playoff caliber teams, Miami isn't the Miami that we think of. You know, they put up 70 against Denver earlier in the year. They put up 36 against the Chargers, 42 against the Panthers, 45 against the Commanders. Like, you know, their stats are kind of not what they seem because they take advantage of the lesser competition. When they go up against the good teams, their offense doesn't score the kind of points that that you think it might. So I, I can't. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win this weekend. And even if they do string some wins together, I just don't trust their offense enough against these good teams. So I like the Ravens at plus 700. I agree with you. The Chiefs at plus 900 just because of the price. And you're not going to get that on Reed Mahomes. And then the Rams, man, at 25-1. to Like, the Rams are... God, I can't wait for that game against Detroit. And it's not even just Cooper Cup and Puka and the passing attack and Matthew Stafford. It's the run game, too. Kyron Williams is is probably going to be a top three fantasy back next year, right? Yep. He's been awesome. I mean, when he... Since he's came back, they're the number two total offense in the league. Yeah. And they were top 10 without him, too. So I know. I don't hate that look. You think Green Bay can maybe rattle off a couple wins? You think they can maybe go into Dallas and the Jerry's world and get a win because they're 35 to 1? I know. You look at Jordan Love's numbers fourth in EPA. He's second in passing touchdowns, 32, and 10th in big time throw rate. Like he's pushing the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. I like all the receivers, even though they're young. And they have two good tight ends now in Tucker Craft. And um, actually, I like all their tight ends, man, other than Josiah DeGuara. They might be able to. Um, Eat in the middle of the field against Dallas. I, I don't think that they win that game, though. But if, if you think that they're, they're alive in that one. Well, that's the thing. If 35 to 1 is a decent price for an offense that's humming right now. If they're going to win that game, you know they're going to have to score. So that's that's the thing. But it's like, Ryan, all right, you beat Dallas, great. Then you go get San Francisco, and they're not winning that game. So I can't I can't get there. You're right. Say. I mean, the Ravens are the best bet. If you believe that, they're, that they have, you know, I mean, granted that they're not going to play a first-round game, they get the bye. But if you think they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl, look what that offense just did against Miami. 56. Yeah. I know. Lamar and that offense, they're they're cooking. Our number two on the way next, Kate Constable, is going to join us. We will also be on stadiums. So make sure you go to watchstadium.com, and we will be over there. Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasser, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Hour two next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.